Hello everybody and welcome back to Bring Your Own Blockbuster. I'm joined by a, a, a titan of the... <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of another word for that, mate. Ben Haynes, how are you doing, mate? How's it going? Yeah, good, mate. Do you know what I thought about today? Because I, li- I listened back to Pulp Fiction and I listened back to us saying we were going to try and think of different ways to do it. I realised it started to sound like Apollo Creed's introduction from Rocky. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like the master of disaster, the Count of Monte <laughs> Fisto, <laughs> like just just long list of ridiculous nicknames. So as of next week, I'll try and come up with six or seven for you, so I can give you that Michael Buffer style intro. Oh yeah, I, I, that's 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 what I expect. That's your homework for the week, mate. Yeah, yeah. Go <laughs> Don't watch but, the film. Just seven days of nicknames straight. Obviously, another section of the the homework, as is typical. Is going to the cinema, and I have to ask you, Ben Hayes, because you, 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 you scurried out of it last week. Yeah, but did it. you go to the cinema this week? I did. I did. Um, I went to see Air. Oh, have you seen nice. it? No, I haven't. I've heard very good things though. Okay, I won't. I won't spoil it. Um, but well, I'll give you a little bit of a spoiler. Basically, long story short, if you like sports films, if you're into that kind of stuff. This this really gets stuck into all the the good stuff that you want. If you're interested in the kind of oh, I call it the back end of sports, this is this is perfect for you. I go and get like I mean I think it only comes in at maybe an hour and forty five. And we've spoken a lot before about going to the cinema and the, and films being the right length for what you want at yeah. that time. And so I, it was Friday night, bank holiday, just wanted something chilled. I was working on the Saturday, so I was like just. Get me in, get me out. A little bit of kind of, just kind of tickle the boxes. Perfect. Media, medium popcorn was the level of popcorn that was required. You know, it was like a medium-sized popcorn. No pick and mix needed. No huge soft drink, just solid effort. And I was really pleasantly surprised with it. It's got all the little bits you need. And I don't know if you saw, did you see the thing doing the rounds on Twitter about Ben Affleck and the writing credits for this? He yeah I, he he did refresh my memory but I know I know what it is it's something that everyone's giving him a like a real celebration for on Twitter and yeah like. basically giving a bit of a nod in that he kind of like gave there's like a young writer who was a co-writer on it and it turns out that they uh, I, I believe I need to refresh my memory on this because I'm doing a horrible job of explaining it but it's a young writer who was all, getting their first kind of outing in this. Um, and I think he was down at, to get a writing credit and along with a few others. And he said, listen, when we were doing Goodwill Hunting, a load of people helped us. So we're going to pay it forward and, and help you. You'll be the sole writer credit on this, I believe, is, is the story or something to that effect, which is quite nice. And um, there's some really good performances in there. Um, there's a couple of particularly nice moments. It's a good cast. And um, Viola Davis is just, fab as, as she is in a lot of stuff she's like the mvp straight up yeah still as, as is generally it. the case right yeah like, as a rule of thumb yeah, yeah. still it what about you mate have you been this week i have been this week mate what i did we uh, get? i went against tell me you did judgment. mario i did and not yet but i will do <laughs> oh. i am going to uh, <laughs> i saw dungeons and dragons oh what okay right so a yay or a nay from you Look, mates, I would say it is. I, I so my my reservation about this. I'll, I'll be upfront about this. I think I've said on here before. If not, I bang on about it on Twitter. I'm not the biggest sort of Marvel fan. I'm not against it. I'm right. not one of these right. kind of 
killjoys about it for the sake of it. I don't have this whole pretense about it's not real cinema. Millions of people enjoy these films. They're movies. Like it's agreed. They're you know they're based on lore of comic books that are fifty, sixty years old. Like people love this stuff. It's 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 storytelling. It's it's almost like I've seen some people make the argument that they're like the new religion. They're they're kind of basically telling Bible stories or religious stories through a right, right. modern lens in a way. Whatever, that's fine. I just find them. Sometimes just a bit tiresome. That's all. I'm not okay. really bought into them. I'm. I don't really feel the kind of highs and lows of it all. I watched Endgame, quite enjoyed it, but I wasn't. You know, it, it wasn't kind of. It wasn't a defining moment of cinema for me, and I, I appreciate I'm in a probably in a minority in that. In that. Well, respect. I'm in that. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I, I, I wasn't one of those people that was losing their mind when, or oh, spoiler alert, but when all the characters started arriving and then some people in the cinema got to their feet and started applauding and I was like, mm, cheering sit down. Said, Come on, please. Sit down. Please, we're not at the football. You know, we're in a, we're in a dark room. The people on the screen, it's a projection. They can't hear you. Grow up. Just sit the hell down. What are you, you know? doing? You've embarrassed yourself. Sit down. The... I'm such an old fart when it comes to that uh, sort of but... stuff. Come on. Come if anyone on. applauds when a pilot lands on a plane, I'm like, no. Oh, no, yeah. Absolutely all, all, not. Almost makes you hope that the plane had crashed, you know. But. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> hey. However, Dungeons & Dragons, I saw the trailer and I thought, right, this is getting... Like ninety is something mad, like ninety-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, all that type of stuff. But I thought it just looks a bit Marvel to me, and those films all have like ninety odd percent. So I was, I was taking reviews with a pinch of salt. But I did get a lot of personal recommendations that were like, "Look, Shelby Convictions, yeah, it's just quite good fun," and that's exactly what it is. It's a solid. I would say it's a very solid three out of five movie a lot of people would probably say it's a five out of five but to me it was a solid three out of five it was it knew when to be funny it had decent enough kind of special effects the cast were good it was it was fine it was fun it was nothing that you haven't already seen before if you've you know think in the kind of realm of labyrinth the princess bride right it's that kind of sort of bizarro medieval fantasy comedy action and it's all right you know is but... this is it is it the start of a is this now the start of a huge sort of i don't know is there going to be a dungeons and dragons universe type thing you you assume so if it does well um, I think it's right. done quite well, but it wasn't left on a cliffhanger or anything like that, for example. Um, so you could probably watch that in isolation. If they never made another one, it stands be... up something. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. You know. Well, like, j just a quick one on that. Like, I don't, mm. I, this is quite an interesting one, probably for us to go into more depth on another day, but I do have a really strange relationship with film trailers. I don't know about you. Big time. Big time. Especially sometimes, now, the past 10 years. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, I mean, sometimes you'll be sat in the cinema and you'll see a trailer and it does enough for you that just kind of like, it just 
couple of little nuggets and you think, oh, yes, please. What yeah. was the film? Was it Pearl? The trailer for that was very kind of like, it was a bit all over the place and it left me being like, I am so, I'm so up for seeing that. I still need to go and see it. But it, it really kind of, it really moved me, that trailer. It kind of got me in the mood. I, I, I feel like every single one of the kind of Marvel style superhero films it's a it's a cookie cutter trailer and now make sure you insert a joke so that people know it's not entirely serious well, and now, this, is, this is what i had to laugh about with nathan mate on twitter it was just that kind of it's the character a this is where i say something sarcastic but kind of yeah, outline yeah. the plot of the film character b this is where i say something sarcastic about you character a this is where i say something even more sarcastic back dragon bursts into scene do you know what i mean it's that kind of and then he followed yeah. it up with then one of the characters says well guess we found the dragon you know it's yeah that. yeah that is that is it, it and it and it drives me mad often and a lot of times with now with a lot of comedies you'll go and you'll feel like you've seen every single joke that you would have laughed at in the trailer as well which do, really bothers me do you know what i do miss from trailers though that's that's mad that suddenly disappeared is the voiceover I love the voiceover. Bring Where us back. The voiceover gone in a trailers? world. Like, yeah. Right? Just Where's so it ridiculous. Gone? It just that suddenly overnight another... just disappeared. That was a very, very that was a that was a very nineties, noughties thing that wasn't it? Kind of like the big epic epic bombastic sort of like this very summer, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You would like what would what was oh there was a very good South Park sketch on this, wasn't there? I don't know if you're a South Park fan, but it was it was basically taking the piss out of Rob Schneider's trailers, oh, right. for films, <laughs> which I, I I will put in the uh, in the in the homework section this week. But it's very very good. But essentially, it's just echoing what we were saying. It's kind of like that that voiceover basically is exactly the same for absolutely everything. But I did used to really really enjoy it. Um, just before we move on, mate, how is your mouth and uh, like and or teeth? Going well at the moment, thank you, mate. That's, Did that's we talk about the there. dental surgery on the pod? We, I, Did we talk about the fact I that you've had... so. I can't remember if I spoke about it on this one or on, on a Tottenham podcast somewhere, but, yeah, root canal surgery. Seems to have all come through. I'm on my final day of antibiotics. No kind of throbbing in the mouth, nothing. It's it's all <laughs> it's all good. So, no, long may no it continue. No throbbing in the mouth. Excellent. I'm, I'm Excellent. just having to retrain myself, though, in the way that I eat because I, I noticed now how much I would rely on the right-hand side of my mouth to chew. And since I'm trying to avoid wow. that part of my mouth, I'm suddenly like, God, I guess I just chew like a cow or something, you know? Like, <laughs> just grinding food of... down with one side of my mouth. <laughs> the kind of like um, the washing machine approach, down, loop and round again into the right-hand side. Do yeah. the best of your work, <laughs> but do the best of your work down the right. <laughs> so good. Um, right, one other thing before we move on and get fully stuck into the film. Um, we've had a, it's been a really interesting couple of weeks. We've, we've, we've dropped a, a few episodes of the pod now and it's been so lovely. I keep, I'll keep saying it's so lovely seeing the reaction to it, but lots of people getting involved. And I guess the one thing I would say is if you want us to talk about something, we'll happily talk about it. So, drop a comment and say oi go back and talk a bit about this and we'll we'll sort of open it up um but thanks again for everyone that's that's watched subscribed engaged so far it's been wicked one comment i wanted to highlight because i I thought it was was really nice got one from gavin lewis at gl lewis 92 
off the whiplash pod was just saying i love this film but as a drummer i particularly loved how it demonstrated the majesty majesty and power of the instrument drumming yes. in is drumming is an almost primal raw instinct and it's the perfect focal point for a film that deals with raw primal emotions i mean I was, and i suddenly just got that i was like yes i like that nice like, we're starting yeah. to sort of seed into other little parts of 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 twitter and tiktok and stuff is nice isn't it sort of seeing we're starting to picking up a little bit of uh picking up a little bit of momentum and lots of people coming along for the ride that are maybe not people that would have come across any of our work before which is quite nice yeah i'm definitely i'm definitely outside of my comfort zone on tiktok still at the moment but you know i'm, I'm joining the 21st century <laughs> Just oh mate, I, I, I listen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of walk slowly behind you, kind of like peering round your silhouette <laughs> occasionally, just to see what the views like, and then slot back in behind and panic again. It's not like you're, you're supposed to be the part, you're the younger one, mate, at the moment. You know, well, not, at the moment, you, it's not like you're gonna overtake me. Catching up. TikTok, TikTok scares the TikTok scares the life out of me. I'll be honest. It just, it feels like everything just moves super quick. Like suddenly, what you're, you 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 think you know where you're at, and then suddenly the world changes in space about five minutes. I don't know if you know what I mean, but I think if you're say past the age of about twenty seven, twenty eight, right, you're you're on the verge of thirty or into your thirties and beyond. I think the time to join TikTok was during the pandemic, during lockdown. If you didn't yes. take the plunge at that point, yes. do you know what I mean? There's no jump off for that like you've you've you, that was a perfect springboard for people to kind of get involved with doing dances or jumping over stacks of toilet rolls or whatever but yeah. now from this point you're not going to go on there are you unless well, you have you know, a film podcast then that's all right that's all right then if you do it that. feels like you've got to be it feels like you're with some social media it feels like you can sort of like dip your toe in the water i feel like with tiktok you start at sprinting pace yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're kind of yeah. like, ah, go, 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 dance, you idiot, dance. <laughs> Leave me alone. It's, and it's just I, like I, 90, 98% of the people on there are just young and fresh-faced and they're still not dead behind the eyes. They, they, do you know what I mean? They, they haven't got Come that, join us on Twitter, that, you neat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That sinking ennui of being in your 30s and beyond, just like... You oh, know, this is not this is not the place for me here. You know, yeah, it's like it's absolutely. like you, you know, just those nights that can sometimes happen when you kind of have a bit of a loose end and you think, oh, let's let's just go to let's go for a drink. You know, if you're with the missus or something, let's let's go out for for one drink. Go on, and you walk into a pub or a bar, and the average age is just a, a bit young. You know, and you're suddenly like, oh, yeah. and it's just first, Hello. it's it's just starting. I'm just at the age now where things like that are starting to happen to me. Do you know what I mean? And it's oh, and you've got to start changing your pubs, haven't you? Well, uh, like... I, I, I realised how much of a thing this is. And I realised we're going on a real tangent here away from cinema. But oh, people I need went... it. <laughs> I went to a gig the other week. I went to I went to watch Death Cab for Cutie, which were like one of my favourite bands growing up, right? But now suddenly the band are all in their like late 40s, early 50s. And everyone in the crowd, though, singing along to the songs all sort of dressed up in the clothes that they used to wear in their sort of teens 20s are all suddenly in their like 30s 40s but it felt comfortable i was suddenly like oh, everyone here is me you know yeah it's like look around nodding yeah everyone yeah. kind of now at the age where it's like we're gonna have a drink but we're not on jaeger bombs now at a gig we're 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 sharing a bottle of wine 
You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that see, type mate, of thing. I had a really similar experience of this. I went to see um, Pete Tong does this thing every year where he plays club classics with a live orchestra. Oh, really? And yeah, and I, the first time that he did it was at the Royal Albert Hall. Um, and they did it as a, like a, a BBC prom, but it was like celebrating maybe oh, 20 sick. years or, or something of, of going to Ibiza with Radio 1. So they had the Royal, they had um, the Heritage Orchestra playing Ibiza Classics with Pete Tong DJing alongside it, which was really cool and really lovely. But yeah, I had yeah. this look around, <laughs> look around, and there was all these people that used to be able to hack it in the early 90s, it all re- there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> expecting to be able to do it in the same way, all kind of there looking a little bit like, Whoa, it's 11. It's eleven thirty. Get it up, surely. We're gonna make the last train. Like as yeah. if, all these people that twenty years ago, like, I'll get a first train in the morning, mate. Now they're exactly all twenty years. Like... Their drawers <laughs> gonna be on their shoulder. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And they're all in the same get up, all in the same clubber. It's very, oh, it's very reassuring. You know, it's quite F- nice. It's comfort fun- blanket. Funnily enough, mate, my gig was at the Royal Albert Hall as well. Was it actually? <laughs> yeah. There must be a demographic where they know we can trust. We can trust people in this band with a gig at the Royal Albert Hall. They're not going to trash the place. Look at the architecture. This is yeah. lovely. And they, they, like, they oh, might honestly. buy. They might buy the packets of olives and artisan yeah, nuts yeah. behind the bar. You know. Oh dear. <laughs> they know us too well. Oh dear. Scandalous. Oh dear. Shall we talk about movies, then, Ben? Let's Shall we talk about movie the chat. movie in particular? What, yeah. what film did you pick this week for us, mate? Everybody so, knows so, it's the title of the podcast, but still. <laughs> Da, 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 da. Um, I, I went for the Truman Show this oh. week. Actually, let's say that up bit. I went for the Truman Show this week. Um, it, it's a film that I absolutely loved. And um, also, it's not a film that I caught when it came out. It was a film that someone recommended to me when I was maybe like, well, I want to say 13, 14. I hadn't seen it. And they were like, Mate, you haven't seen the Truman Show, and I was like, "What's the Truman Show?" And they're like, "You haven't seen the Truman Show." I was like, "What's the bloody Truman Show? <laughs> Just tell me what it is." <laughs> and they're like, "Oh no, 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 I could, I couldn't, I couldn't explain to you about it." And at this point, it drives me mad. And then he was like, "I've got the VHS," so he lent me the video, and it was one of those videos that I wanted to just keep forever. Like I would, uh, I I would have I watched it at least three or four times, almost back to back, because there were just so many little bits that I loved. Um, and I'm a total kind of I studied philosophy at uni, um, and I was absolutely obsessed with that kind of discussion and and stuff at school. Um, so this for me was just right up my street. Um, but I am interested to see, mate, whether you can manage. To make this work in in sixty seconds to spoil the entire film, it's it's a, it's given that it's going into like the the deep rooted psyche of human beings and stuff. Let's see if sixty seconds is enough. Are you ready? Let's give it a go. Three, two, one, beep. Okay, so the Truman Show follows the life of Truman Burbank, quite literally, as he is an all American guy who lives a perfectly normal existence, suburban American existence. The one twist of it being his every move is broadcast around the world without his knowing. He lives inside a huge television studio that's been purpose-built for this seemingly unique social experiment into a human being and, and their life. Things start to change for Truman. He's blissfully unaware as to 
the world outside of the world he inhabits. He's been caged by these many different manufactured fears and paranoias from the producers. But slowly but surely, his urge to see more of the world takes over and overrides these fears. And as the producers begin to notice this, they try as best they can to stop him from leaving the island they've created. Very good. Very, very good. Got through a lot of that. I got tried. A lot of that. It's tough, because though, right? You, you, got to that po- you got to the point where basically, like, as we see with a lot of this, this film, there are so many little like bits where the, the whole thing starts falling apart. You know, and it's so hard mm. because you need to explain that so much of the film is about those moments that having, that having not having the ability to properly explain them is very, very tough. But one that I wanted to start with for you, mate, and you mentioned it to, to me before, before we started. What, what genre of film is this? I mean, it's often, it will often just get lumped into like comedy, right? Because I guess because yeah. it was Jim yeah. Carrey, a similar kind of figure to Robin Williams, right the kind of very physical theatrical humorous actor well known at that time for ace ventura and the mask so anything that he was in was naturally leaned towards comedy but i mean to me it's a real it's it's a drama right it's it's almost a thriller um with shades of like i don't know if you class it as a genre but it's it's dystopian in many ways as well right yeah, yeah, and there's elements of sci-fi in there, you know. That's a good shout. Yeah, it, 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 but it's it's really difficult to place, and I think that that point about Jim Carrey is is such an interesting one because at the time, this must have been. I, I wouldn't know because, like I said, I didn't see it at the time that it came out. But this must have been such a jump for him. There's been such a a gear change. I mean, you you do see elements of his kind of classic Ace Ventura style very kind of big larger than life performance but this is there's a so much depth to his character in this yeah it's i mean it's 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 it seems I, w- I was having a look to see if he was nominated for any of the big ones for this film and he wasn't which came as a real surprise to me because he's he's particularly brilliant right and i, I know it's always very easy to say of a of a sem- I mean, I don't even know. Would you call the Truman Show an iconic film, or is it still a bit of a niche film? I don't know. I mean, that is a. I had that. I had that kind of thought in my head a lot this week when I was trying to work out where this sits in the kind of pantheon of of that. I suppose. I suppose. Where does this sit in that discussion? And I, I think I would say that it is an incredible film. But it almost falls into the category of cult film because of the way it's shot. Do you know what I mean? I think so. Yeah, it... because it, it's <clears throat> it, it's styled in a in a very even though it's you'd imagine Truman is supposed to be in in habiting a kind of a contemporary world. It feels more like the world he exists within. They've styled to be a, an imagined idealistic. 1950s america that he's yeah. living that all american lifestyle right yeah i mean that was such a in, in the spoilers and courage bit when you said he's kind of like mr all american kind of like, he literally is you know he's kind of there's a really amazing bit and i, I mean we'll, i'm sure we'll get onto this 
But there's this really amazing line when his mate, who is called, um, uh, is it Marlon? His mate? Yeah, Marlon. So, yeah. Um, he says, you've got a great job, Truman. You've got a desk job. And it's like, oh, <laughs> what? Like, that is so sort of, that's so, such an ugly thing to hear out loud as if, like, he could never leave his life behind because it's such an incredible desk job. But at the like it, it, on paper, he was kind of living a life that, in theory, would have been described as sort of like a version of the American dream. Very yeah. comfortable living, friendly neighbourhood, big house, got a good job, like good people around him, happy family, you know. It was it, it, it really kind of strange. But I guess one of the things that it's getting at is that 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 idea of reality it doesn't matter. We, we as human beings are just not okay with the idea of the perfect life. Well, it, it, it and it also taps into this greater sense. I think it's something that, without getting too political about it, around the time of the Brexit debate, it, it, it tapped into this sense of things being better in a bygone era and there was there was this yeah. whipped up this I- idealized sense of the type of thing that you see in jigsaw puzzles like the the english village jigsaw puzzle <laughs> where it would be in the 1950s where everybody's smiling and there's somebody on a bicycle <clears throat> with bread in the basket and there's flowers everywhere and there's people out playing cricket on the green and everybody has a smile on their face and there's a sun in the sky you know it, it's this sense that there was there was nothing wrong at that time. And so the Truman Show, it feels like it's it's conjuring that image for for the people who exist in the real world in, in that sense. And I, I think it's just it's 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 hard to know how to, where we begin to dive into this, mate, because there's a lot of issues at play, right, in the Truman Show. There's so many layers to this. And I think one of them is this sense of being imprisoned, right? Truman himself is imprisoned within this seemingly idealist, perfect life, right? This <coughs> idyllic life. But equally to, to, to what we were saying just there, the viewers themselves, you see as the film progresses, the outside world, the people who are all just glued to the television or watching him, they're almost trapped in there with him, right? They're escaping off to this to his world. Ed Harris's character, don't want to jump too far ahead, but says to him right at the end of the movie, I'm the creator of a show that brings hope and joy to millions of people around the world. People want to escape into that world with Truman. The world that he's trying to get out of, everybody on the outside is trying to get into that world. They're all watching that, <clears throat> that perfect little life he lives on, that little island where he's got his wife and his best mate that, goes for beers with him and they knock golf balls into the harbour and you know it's it's yeah there there was there's a simplicity in that way of living that people are being told I guess by the show that they should pine for but the reality is the guy on the inside of it is desperate to get out. And I think one of the things that you you definitely touched on there that I thought that is that is it on the nose <clears throat> is that people people like the consistency of it. Like there's a lovely scene 
where well i mean there's there's so many different scenes where it cuts to people watching on the outside and it provides this sense of comfort and 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 a bit of a comfort blanket for them in that they don't kind of have to focus on any of the stuff that's going on in their world they can just go oh I'll just watch this simpler version it's like it's like when you go to bed but you leave one of the lights on so that you know there's still a bit of light in case you wake up in the night or when you leave the radio on so there's a bit of background noise so that you you don't have to deal with your own thoughts alone or the sound of silence it's just that little bit of background din that kind of keeps you ticking over and there was one bit in particular that I found really, really interesting, or, or, or two sort of characters. You know when it cuts to the characters that are in the moon, that are kind of like in the kind of, I guess it would be like the nerve center, the the the, the media center of where it's they're like directed. Paul Giacometti from. and <clears throat> I, I'm yes, not sure who yeah. the other actor is, yeah. Yeah, and, and, um, and someone goes up and strokes his face on the screen. Like so, uh, he's just sleeping. Sure, that's Ed Har- I think that's Ed Harris. It's Ed Harris, isn't it? Who is it? Who, is it after Ed he's Harris? Worked, yeah, he's had a workout in there. I think it's after hours, and he goes up and puts his hand on the yeah. screen and just sort of strokes his face. And and it, and it was like, God, it's so strange. It's like this weird sort of zoo that is is providing everyone with the backdrop for their own lives. It's kind of going like, I can deal with whatever's going on for me because. I have this thing that I can control a little bit like having a dog. Do you know what I mean? Like having mm. a, having a, having a dog that you take for a walk, but the dog's never going to go off the leash. You know, the dog's never allowed to go completely far away because you're still its master. And I think that was kind of one of the things that it really touched at for me was this idea that all of the people that are watching are kind of like, there's so many bits of foreshadowing that we can get to in a bit, but it is this goggle box thing, right? They're all kind of sat there and being like, he says it's bringing hope and joy to millions, but I don't know if it's hope and joy. I wonder whether it's just, it's just comfort. I wonder whether it's just background noise that makes them think, oh, I'm all right, you know? Well, I mean, this is an interesting thing to talk about, and we've naturally gotten here, so why not dive into it? Because Truman Show, it, it did come out really before the world of reality TV that we see mm. here today. Mm. And it, it's funnily enough came out at pretty much exactly the same time as. Do you remember a Matthew McConaughey film called Ed TV, which yeah. was it was an, it, it, he was a guy. The premise of that film was a guy who is followed twenty four seven by cameras, but in this sense, it was more of a standard conventional reality TV show. He right. was in on it. He knew what was going on. He agreed to it, and it was people following him in his day-to-day life and it does it, it it immediately started to make me wonder what was going on around that time right late 90s oh my god me too that's so interesting go on go on no no sh- sh- go on crack on mate honestly well, no 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 it just it was exactly the same for me i was just like where were we because i couldn't place it you know i was like 98 what was that do you know what i mean like i, I couldn't work out where were we at 98 the death, the death of the twentieth century. You know, it's, suddenly everybody was staring into the the brave new world. If you like, there was the the millennium was here. It was upon us. Was 
was the the global banking system was it going to melt down were nuclear rockets going to oh, be Y2K. fired off all over the place yeah you, you know there was there was there was paranoia about what the world was going to look like about the world that chil- the children would be inheriting if you like because we'd had all throughout the 90s and it's still not made a difference has it but there were there were big kind of global warming scares and people were getting a much more active on that front you had green priest green priest green peace going all over the world in the rainbow warrior trying to you know create this message that we were doing you know irreversible damage to the world and obviously the internet had just come along as well it definitely wasn't here in the sense that we had it now but there was definitely a sense that our world was suddenly getting much bigger smaller in some ways but bigger in other ways it's a it's a real i use this word a lot but it was a real dichotomy i i feel because yeah, yeah. we suddenly weren't living our our little truman show type lives either because it's, it's quite interesting i don't want to deviate too much from from us talking about this but one of the things that is quite interesting about the truman show that we can see reflected upon our own lives really in the character of truman is when you actually think about your your own life, you think of, that we've got the world at our you know it, at our leisure, basically. If you save up, you can go anywhere in the world. You can do anything you like. But really, for most of your life, you're on rails. You you go to the same type of places. You see the same people. You have generally the same experiences. We almost all inhabit our own little bubbles, like like Truman does. And we do still, though, get that urge to get out. That's why we go on holiday. That's why we do these various different things. Um, and I guess, really, with the, the 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 rise of the internet, the uncertain future coming, people were craving a bit of control. In those sort of times, people want a bit of control. And I, I feel that in a movie, like you were talking about there, being able to just sit and watch somebody else living their life you knowing that you being able to watch a reality tv show you're living vicariously really you know you're not having that kind of risk to your own little bubble your own existence you're not being pushed outside your own comfort zone but you get to watch other people doing that now Um, yeah and i mean that was this was this was about a year or two before the first series of uk big brother interesting so that that for me, I wonder when I'm looking uh, when I'm sort of looking through. So, just for kind of like context, the first Harry Potter book came out the year before this this came out. Just to kind of give you a rough idea mm. of the 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 age of the film, um, but also twenty four seven news was was still fair. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't anywhere near where it is now. No, um, but I do I I do wonder with how much this film was a was a like oh by the way this is coming or how much this film meant that other people were like well let's give that a go or how much this film was was not saying this is coming it was just kind of a a, a guess at whatever seemed like the natural next step you know it kind yep. of is a, it, it's a really difficult one to work out whether this is kind of like i suppose it's a chicken and egg thing right whether this was they this film was made at a time when this was 
um, almost deterministic. Like there was no way back because the information that we had at our disposal was just getting quicker and quicker and quicker. And there were more cameras everywhere because even it's one of the lines in the film, isn't it? It's like, there are 5,000 cameras. Like now the idea of 5,000 cameras is like, that's literally nothing. But on the film, they're like, wow, 5,000 cameras. And there's one hidden in a pencil sharpener. You know, it's sort of like, it just goes to show that they obviously, at the time there was this thought process that this is this, is this thing that is going to be, that's going to be deemed as just ridiculous and very quickly within two years or, or 18 months, Big Brother was literally doing this on on a on a kind of global scale. It, Big Brother spread like wildfire. It was around kind of a hundred odd countries within the space of a couple of years. Um, and it was literally what we were watching, you know. And <clears throat> I think at the time the Truman Show was like, God, can you imagine... Can you imagine living that life? Mm. And it's, there's even a, there's now a, uh, there's a, a, what would be the, the right term for it? Like a, not an illness, but it's kind of a, uh, a diagnosis, isn't there? That people have the Truman delusion where they actually believe that they're in a, they're in a f film or that their every move is being watched. So it is actually a diagnosis. Like you can actually be sort of diagnosed with it. Um, and it, it, at the, I guess at the time, the, I, I don't think anyone would have predicted that it would have happened that fast. Do you know what I mean? That it would be within the space of a year and suddenly it's like, yeah, this is happening now. We're just doing this. This is just life. It's, yeah, it's it's often one of those things, isn't it, where it's like, is is life imitating art? You know, it's, yeah. I know yeah, it's, yeah. A, trite, it's a trite expression, mm. but it's, it's, it's where we're at. Look, let's let's keep going down this deep rabbit hole, mate. You studied philosophy at university, so I would imagine you'll have a field day with this. What I'd imagine you're <laughs> you're, you're very familiar with the with the works of Rene Descartes and yeah, questioning the nature of reality. What is reality? How do you how do how do you see that that type of conversation projected onto something like the Truman Show and what? relevance does that have to us in our lives as viewers so this is a really interesting one because there is i think there's kind of multiple ways in which you could take it so the first one this is if, if anyone that is not interested in philosophy this would be incredibly dull but there's this thing called the allegory of the cave i don't know if you've ever heard of that before um no, good, far but, away, it, man. But, but basically the long and short of it it was it, it was plato's allegory of the cave and it's basically the idea that three people are in a cave and they're they're facing they're they're sort of like locked in this cave can't get out they're facing the back of the cave um, and can't see anything the only thing they can see is the wall that is in front of them but in the cave behind them there is um, a fire and so there are shadows that are projected onto the wall of the cave and so for the people that are locked in this cave, they've never been out of the cave. So they accept the reality of what is in front of them. They accept the reality of the shadows that they see. And so they believe that these shadows are real things. You know, if it was mm. a shadow of a, I think one of the things they say is that it's a shadow of a dog that, that comes on the thing in front of them. And so the shadow of a dog is the reality that they see, not the actual dog. And we see kind of within the, the, we see literally within the first kind of like 
I think it's within the opening kind of gambit of the film, uh, Christoph says, we accept the reality of the world with which we're faced, yeah. um, which straight away was kind of like it, uh, quite dark, quite ominous, quite sort of like, oof, like, where is this going to go? Um, so from that point of view, you are you are you're desperate to kind of see that see that unravel. And in the allegory of the cave, there one person actually gets free and they go out and they then see all the items that they'd seen kind of projected onto the back of the cave through shadow. And they then come back to the cave. This person gets free and then they come back to the cave to tell the other prisoners, the other people that have been kept in this cave about what they've seen. And then that, I thought there were some really amazing parallels um, with the idea of Laura Linney's character sitting there and doing this really strange kind of interview, which I, I thought was, like, as a performance, it was incredible. I don't know if you noticed this in the opening bit where she's sitting there and she'd been like, there is no difference between real life and The Truman Show. Like, The Truman Show is my life. And she's acting while she's saying it, but she does it in this really horrible way that you're kind of sat there and you're like, oh God, you kind of genuinely do believe this is your real life. But she, and yet she calls it a time, lifestyle. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it, like, it's really quite, um, I thought she, I actually, for me, I thought she sold that character wonderfully. Oh, like, she's unbelievable. She, she's brilliant. She's so annoying. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're sitting there just like, Oh, you're so annoying. But, and then but he even it's, but it's like, interesting you that you say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, but I find it interesting that you say that, mate, because like if we're talking about the the subjective nature of reality, I guess in that sense that is she's she's had her life played out on screen really just as much as Truman has. Yes, because the she, moment she, she meets him, yeah, it's over. So she is, in a way, it's an even more twisted <laughs> fate for everybody around Truman than it is than it is him. Because, like you say, he's he's the person staring at the cave wall. The rest of them are the ones that have been outside of the cave, and they can't tell oh, the people. Yes, yeah. you know, who are staring at the wall that there's more to life than just staring at a wall, because the dragon outside will eat them. You know, it, it's it's yeah yeah. yeah. It, it it is it's it's really interesting. It, this isn't. I haven't made this comparison. Um, it's it's a widely compared thing across the internet, but it, it is very interesting as well that this came out around the same time as The Matrix as well. Mm. Yeah, and there's a lot of parallels between between the two films. There's a lot of parallels there about again the the subjective nature of reality, um, and it's. It's something that you can go quite deep into. You can take it on this literal sense. Truman is somebody who is living within a dome, right? And yeah. he is watched by millions of people across television. But if you want to take it one step removed from that, if you want to look at it more on that kind of philosophical level, I guess the filmmakers with both this and something like The Matrix, they're asking the viewer to ask questions of themselves, of their own life. You live this idealistic wonderful life you have the the pretty wife at home you have the best friend you have the good desk job but what is your actual life is is that yeah. an actual is that an existence 
or not is that an existence but what type of existence is that who has told you that this is the life you have to lead and yeah and why is it that you accept that why do you accept that that is just the way that things should go and 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 at the time when this came out or maybe kind of within that era people would have been sat there being like i'm sure everyone at one point or another has kind of gone like even without watching this film like am i am i at the center of something here like there's all this stuff going on around me like where is my place in this world where do i sit like does it that kind of classic thing if a tree falls in the in the woods does it make a noise that that kind of mm. all those, these little things that you kind of think about and now weirdly 10 years on or or 20 years on from the from the film almost you you kind of have this 25 years now you kind of have this feeling instead is that like have we now created a Truman show with our own lives because everyone films everything everyone lives a kind of secondary existence through social media but kind of imagine screen time is higher than it's ever been more addictive we're more addicted to screens than we've ever been and so all of the things i don't feel like the film was warning people about the way life was going to go i think it was just asking questions i don't think it was just for me personally i don't know whether you disagree but i don't feel the film was sitting there kind of like pointing fingers at people it was just kind of holding a mirror up and just kind of being like look at this situation what do you think of that as opposed to being like look at this this is where we're going watch out but it now it kind of almost does feel when you watch it when i watched it back again i, I it, it made me shudder at times some of the some of the advertising bits mm. when she was like and look what i got from the supermarket like the only line she needed to add in after that is use code influencer 20 for 20 percent off this greater knife thing that you don't need you know look at the way in which people have like rushed down to buy a can of prime or a thing of prime the the energy drink it's like we're literally doing this stuff now. You know, we're actually doing this. We're doing a lot of this in in real life. There was a thing when they're having an in-depth argument and they're like, he's kind of questioning the nature of his reality. Like he's literally sat there being like, am I in a TV show? Like, is the world around me falling down? And then she offers him a cup of cocoa that's the best cocoa you can get or whatever it is and holds it up and the camera zooms in. I'm like, that that's like frightening accuracy with the kind of day-to-day -day lives that a lot of young people live here when they're like, God, am I enough? Am I valuable enough? Am I doing the right thing? Is my life going the way that I want it to? Oh, quick, I better post on Instagram and make sure that I get that hashtag out, hashtag like chocolate 20 for 20% off this thing of cocoa. You know, it's like, it's really quite frightening how some of these things just kind of came to pass and we've kind of actively run towards them, you know? Well, definitely. And I, I, one of the things that I can't remember the tweets, so I couldn't tell you it verbatim, but the, I read one once that really kind of struck me. It, it, it was somebody essentially making the point that for a, a life, a privileged life now, really, in, in the West at least, and probably many other parts of the world, but at least a typical kind of Western existence, is still people we doing jobs 
a lot of the time just to get by to survive if you're doing a job that you love and you take something from and you've managed to combine your interests and find a way to make money more power to you well done but many people are really just doing a job so they can pay their rent barely anybody can afford to buy a house and we just sit in rented houses and look at screens and look at other people having a life that we feel that we can never have but we can almost escape into for a while but I guess the reality of that is the people even living those lives as we say the influencers and such aren't living those lives either we're all just existing in this cycle of looking at one another and watching one another and it's something that the filmmaker documentarian political theorist Adam Curtis talks about a lot is that we've just got this real empowered sense of individualism now that's gone into hyperspace the the sense of collective responsibility collective might to form a a a viable opposition to say the political system or the capitalist system the will to do that is almost non-existent now because we feel that we live in these little silos we live in our own little truman bubble where really we have but we're not we're not truman really we're laura linney you know we're his wife we're the people that know that this is going on but there's nothing that we can do about it so we smile and say this is my life it's not fake this is i mean this is going (laughs) but this is very but these are the conversations that a film like the truman show is is provoking right can you imagine coming out of the cinema having seen this can you imagine that you watch this film and if you hadn't really thought about some of this stuff before, you'd have come out of the cinema at the time in like, oh, and I think you said it right at the beginning. It's like, where would you have even begun? Like, where do you even begin? And the thing that really, beyond even the discussion we were just having, the thing that takes it even further, that scares me even more, is that the last line of the film is so pointed. The last line of the film is the security guard sitting there Truman has literally just escaped. I mean, he's he's on his boat, which quite literally smashes into the end of the world. And he sort of pierces through the end of the world to show that he can break free. And he has this hugely profound moment and and the, the, the kind of discussion with Christoph, who's in Sirius, the the moon in the sky, which is also like the... the the searchlight that they then use to try and find him a little bit earlier on in the film. Um, He's having this discussion and we have this huge moment of kind of like relief and like, oh, he's got away. And then it cuts to the security guard sitting in the, in the little station. And one turns to the other goes, do you want another slice pizza, mate? Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what else is on. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, like none of it, 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 it all just kind of, it is, there's, it's totally irrelevant, you know, it, on to the next. The next thing's going to happen. Like, it's not that important. It's just another guy. And it didn't really matter. Like, n- none of it really mattered. And, like, people were never really... The reality was is that all the people that were watching were never really invested in, in him. They were doing it for themselves. They were just wanted a bit of something to distract him, and then they're on to the next, you know? Something that's quite interesting um, about that ending sequence with Truman is after he's 
you know, delivered the, the, the parting lines, and I think we're going to go on to that a bit in a moment. But after he has essentially exited the film, he walks through the exit door. He goes into the black. You never see him on screen again. After he leaves the Truman Show, it's almost like he ceases to exist. Truman Burbank no longer exists. He steps out into the void, and that's it. You see the people reacting in the outside world. You see, um, is it Sophia, Sonia? What's, what's she called? The, the woman Ooh. who, the love interest. It, uh, Lauren, Lauren Garland. Well, that's, yeah, that's her name in the, yeah, in the. Oh, in Natasha McKell. Oh, um, her, what, her character name, because she says, oh no, I'm actually Sylvia. Yeah, Sylvia. S- is it so Sylvia? My name's Sylvia. Not like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to Fiji. Oh, she's going to Fiji. So you see Sylvia, you see the, 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 the like you say, the, the, the parking valets or whatever they are who are eating pizza and watching him. But, but Truman no longer exists. And I think the mark of a, of a, of a great film, and because I think this, the script is bang on, like it's absolutely spectacular. The world that's been created, the premise, all of it is outlined so clearly in the opening you know when, you, when you're talking about script writing and they're essentially saying you have the first five to ten pages to sell the story to people and get their attention you know you have to you have to tell people what the premise of this movie in conventional sort of filmmaking before you start going art housey and everything like that and they just nail it they show you with those opening interviews you've got ed harris outlining the world you've got him outlining the theme of the whole film what is the nature of reality? The nature of reality is you accept the world in front of your eyes. And obviously, like I say, we, we've touched on René Descartes, but even though we've got classical philosophers that are saying, no, don't do that. Don't do that. The only <laughs> thing you can be sure of is that you think, therefore, you are. But the rest of it, question it all. Tear it all down. Delve into every nook and cranny of everything that you see played out before your eyes. But we don't. None of us do no. that. You know, well, we don't. And, and the effort, isn't it? They don't, but Truman does that, you know? And I think on a, on a, on a positive slight, because we are, we may be sort of coming across a slight sort of doomsayers. This is the world we've yeah. inhabited. We live <laughs> in this dystopia yeah. and everything. But what I really feel, what I, and I really felt it this time from watching the Truman Show, because again, like many of the films we've, we've spoken about on this podcast, I haven't watched them for many years. And I haven't watched Truman Show for probably 10 years or so. A bit less than that. I think I've watched this, I think it was on one Christmas, I want to say, maybe about five or six years ago, quite randomly. Oh, I'll slap that on, Truman Show. I haven't seen that for ages. But this time, what I, what I really felt about it, because I was, I was so... I actually got... I got quite anxious. I'll be honest, watching this film yeah. back this time, yeah, yeah. The, like you say, the world we're in now, social media, especially working in social media or in and around it and knowing this well very well being very I'm a very I'm a very online person you know a lot of my friends my age aren't but there's a real divide I think in how we see the world and I quite like having friends who are not as perennially online as I am because I feel that sometimes they can be a bit of a lighthouse for me in some ways yeah but equally I think I can 
say to them where they're a bit wrong about other things you know and it, it's 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 quite a good relationship to have but what i really felt with this film because like i say i did feel quite anxious watching this i did think you know fuck man like we just pigeonhole ourselves into these little boxes we live these we've we've got this beautiful world that there's so much to see and do you know if we've been watching attenborough over the past few weeks you see what's even on your own doorstep in britain that I don't think hardly any of us knew existed these, you know, talk about rainforests and these incredible coastal areas where there's killer whales and the seals and there's so much life and whatever all around us. But yet we live these funny little lives where we get on trains to go to an office, to sit there, to come back like scenes from 1984, like scenes from Brazil and things like that. That's, that's one of the films I kept thinking about as I, as I, and I mean Brazil, the Terry Gilliam film, not the country, um, that, uh, that I kept thinking about when I was watching The Truman Show. But what I thought about with The Truman Show, like with those other films as well, is that what you can take from this, instead of getting downbeat about it, is what it really is at its heart, even though we're talking about questioning reality, we're talking about the age of surveillance, we're talking about 21st century existential dread and everything, Really, the core message of this film is the power of human endeavour, the strength of the human spirit. You see the very first shot of the film that Truman is in. He's looking into the mirror and he's an explorer and he's, he's, he's telling his party, I'm going to get to the top of the mountain. When all hope is lost, I'm going to get to the top of the mountain. And it tells you exactly how the film is going to go. It, you've got Ed Harris saying no you accept the reality the next shot you have truman saying no i'm gonna get to the top of the mountain and he does it he he he's in the most un can you, can you just imagine being in the position where a, a, a light falls from the sky you immediately would think because that's what happens to him first of all one of the studio lights falls from the very sky and then they put out a bogus um news like report saying message, yeah, yeah bits, bits of plane are falling out the sky and if that happened to any of us yeah of course we just we just accept that we take it but maybe there would be one or two of us who don't and i know this this can lead people down these avenues of con like conspiracy theory and stuff we're talking about vaccine hesitancy we've got a lot <laughs> of this stuff going on in the world right now okay so i yeah. I, I do understand that, uh, that these ideas that continue to question the world and you can be on the right side of history. It can embolden some problematic things within our society. But I think even if you're not going on it down that level, I think it shows you that with enough power and conviction and just, I guess, sense of self, when the whole world is almost trying to tell you or the world is geared towards telling you that you're wrong or you're crazy, to just sometimes trust your gut, trust your conviction. And if you believe in something enough, to go and chase after it to pierce yeah. the edge of the world and say good afternoon good evening and good night to it that, you know? i mean that line is very it's that's so well delivered so it's well like, de i mean uh, just brilliantly it's delivered. tears in the eyes stuff isn't it when you're watching yeah. it it's unbelievable it's so it's so profound and it's it yeah. seems so crazy because it's such it's a cheesy catchphrase that he's chucked out at the beginning of the film and then right at the end you're like oh it takes it takes the wind out of you, you know, yeah. when you're watching it. And I think that's part of the reason why it's all the more 
of a gut punch when they go like, you want to see what else is on? It's like, no! He, he yeah. just, he literally just said, like, he said the thing to, like, perfectly kind of just almost, like, slice through absolutely all of the kind of tension and, and, and everything, and then the world just moves on. And I thought, I mean, that was just so powerful. But, I mean, the other thing... Like you said, like when that light drops from the sky, there was something really beautiful in the filmmaking here that I, I think the reason I don't know if it, if this is why it did it for you, but or why you, you felt this way. But the reason why I felt anxious was because the moment that the light falls from the sky, it's like the sky is falling in. Yeah, you know, it's like very poetic, isn't it? Yeah, everything now is starting to fall down and this whole thing, he, this thread is just being tugged at and tugged at and tugged at and you're like, this can't go on, this can't go on, this can't go on and you almost need the release of the pressure that, 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 is, that is building. You're like, please get me out of, get me out of this. You know, I, I need, and there's so many moments where he's just gradually sort of like, they suck him back in to his life, you know, when his best mate sits there and he's like, why would I lie to you? You know, and it's sort of like just, pulls him back in and you're desperate for him to get out of this horrible scenario but it, but it, it doesn't rem- it doesn't work right though when once you're through the no. looking glass once the toothpaste is out of the tube and many other yeah. metaphors like that it's always going to unravel isn't it would you know what it reminded me of it reminded me of breaking bad in a sense you know, okay. it, it, like, I, I like that. That's the left field comparison but let's go it, with it go on because the moment that that Walter White exists it's the beginning of the end yeah you know the moment that that character comes into action he he's on a descent to hell you know and for truman maybe maybe it is a descent to hell because the thing is is that what he's in is the kind of actually also reminded me of 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 the good place the tv show the is it the good place oh yes love it um and it and it kind of reminded me of that in that it's kind of like this very vanilla sort of Everything's fine. Everything's perfectly okay. Lots of cotton candy colours. We all just exist. Like, this is great. This is great. This is great. And and kind of like they're desperate. They have that feeling. She has the feeling in the first season of The Good Place, something's not right here. You know? Something is just not quite right. And like you said, it, there is a, there's a real call to action in this film. It's like if your gut says that something's not quite right, you sort of... Sometimes you have to follow your instinct. Sometimes you have to sort of go with that feeling because there's a reason that you feel it. You know, you can't put your finger on it. But when there is that, you will never shake it. I think the line in The Matrix is, it's like a splinter in your mind driving you mad, you mm. know? And it, you, you won't be able to, you won't be able to, to, to shake that, shake that feeling. And I think the real thing at the, the, the heart of this, and tr- try not to go too philosophically back, but... People, I think people want chaos. I don't think people want perfection. It's the randomness of life that people really are in love with, you know? He's infatuated with an extra. Like this woman that comes on that was never meant to be a part of anything. And he's infatuated with her because she was real, you know? It was it was a real spark. He just saw her. He couldn't help it. Whereas Meryl comes You can't up, engineer life, can you? That's it, ultimately. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly right. You can't engineer the human experience, at least. Yeah, and and this is the thing, is that once that light, from the moment that that light hits the ground, something's off. You know, he's like, this is not it. Like, what, what what's going on here? And I and I think that is that is for me the one of the 
most beautiful things of the film is these little moments where you're getting just a bit more. And one of the most innocuous lines in the film, that watching it this time, for me, just carried so much. It just packed such a punch. It was the driver of the bus that deliver, deliberately destroys the bus. You know, because it, Truman's like, on, thinks he's getting the bus. He wants to go to Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. yeah. And the bus driver turns to him and is like, sorry, son. It's horrible. You know, and it's, well, because they're starting oh. to feel guilty because they feel yeah. complicit in in what's happening to him. And it's it's awful. There's a really interesting bit right at the start um, because I like the re-watching this, picking up on those extra little bits. When Truman is first in the office, he's already, you can tell that the world is already falling to pieces and it must have been for quite some time because yeah. he's pretending to do work where he's actually calling a travel agent. Or he's yeah. he's he's trying to get out to Fiji, and then suddenly his boss tells him, "Right, I need you to deliver some reports. You have to get the ferry across town." It's almost like Christoph, the producers, everybody are testing Truman. They're like, "Do we need to be worried here? We're, let's 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 test him. Let's see if he'll get on the ferry. Let's see if he'll go out into the water. Do we need to heighten his anxiety of of drowning? Do we need to heighten his anxiety of leaving the island? You know, they they're, they're it, it's all a big test it's all it, it's brilliant but again it's showing you that they can't they just can't be in complete control of this because ultimately he ends up escaping through the water as much yeah. as they've tried to like make him afraid of dogs make him afraid of the water all of it but it's just keeping him what i do find interesting and what i do find really relevant to the society we live in is that keeping people in a state of perpetual fear makes them easier to control. Yeah. And you see that not only with the water or with the dog, there's little things where like his boss says, you know, you've got to get back on top of your game, Truman. There's going to be, there's going to be layoffs at the end of the month. Oh. Suddenly, bang. That's it. Hit him in the pocket. Keep him scared. Make him stop thinking about these bigger picture things. Make him stop thinking about a life outside of this little bubble he lives in. Let it make him stop thinking about following his dream, cashing in all his savings and going off to Fiji and living the life that he wants to live. Nope, because he's got to worry about um, his Meryl savings says, at home and doing his job. What are we going to do when we get out there for money? You know, yeah. is it really convincingly sort of like everything. It could be a disaster. You know, never presented with the like, could be great. It's like, no, but what about the disaster? What about it all falling apart? You know, and now I don't. Mm. Yeah, I think that's such a good, like, such a good observation. Because we'll go I, I just, I wanted to ask you something, mate. I wanted to 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 move it on. I wanted to ask you about Christoph. Um, because I, I just I don't, about to do the same. Well, thing. I really, well, I, what I a don't character. I, I don't want to feed this to you, but one of the on. things I felt when I watched this, and I was interested. I did, I couldn't see anything online, but I was, I was interested to know if there was a say like a, a not an overt but maybe at least as a something of an atheist message to the truman show that oh. the character of christoph was it a scathing critique of god of religion yeah like, i mean it, there, there was huge parallels right i mean the, the the name alone is is quite a nod i think um the the, in what way? Sorry, I'm just I'm, I'm intrigued. Well, like just it, it, him that. being Christ off, 
you know. Well, yeah, quite, quite obviously, like, yeah, shit. Quite, quite, <laughs> now you quite say li- that. Look <laughs> quite literal, but I mean, but it, but it, but there also is a line that you mentioned earlier on. He says, "I'm the creator of a of a yeah. of a TV show that gives hope and joy to millions." I had to listen to that bit back three times because I wanted to just make sure of this. But they've deliberately left a pause. A pause, yes. I, I wanted to say this creator. to you. Yes. I, I, I'm so <laughs> glad you picked up on that as well because I was like, am I just looking for this? Am I just no, looking no, no. for this? But they do, right? Yeah. They leave a pause yeah. there. So he goes, I'm the creator of a TV show. And you're like, you, what? Come back here. And I went back three times to make sure. And they are definitely, that definitely, definitely is, is inserted there. It's strong, isn't it, mate? I think that's the thing. And there is so much going on in this film that it can really be summed up in, in, in that, because I know you wanted to talk about it, their final dialogue to one another. You know, Christoph has just tried to, he's tried to murder Truman. And I'm surprised nobody else has stopped him. And one of the things when I... Th- things that I thought would be a nice touch at the end of the film is the police have showed up to take Christoph away. You know, it might be yeah, slightly yeah. cheesy, but it, I kind of feel that that's the way that should have gone because he's he's literally tried to murder him on, on screen. So that was quite powerful as well, wasn't it? You know, the line when it was like, you, 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 you're going to kill him. And he's, like, uh, and he's like, you can't kill him live on television or whatever. And he's like, why? He was born on television. Yeah. He's dark. It's dark. It, Sinister. What did you make of of his character more generally? Did you? I wondered whether whether there were any aspects of his character that made you look at him and go like, I've I've seen that. Do you know what I mean? I've seen that kind of person at times. I've worked with that person. You know, that's kind of disappeared up there, up their backside a bit, or has, uh, has kind of got to this point. You know, when he's directing the scene with where he's bringing Truman's dad back from the dead and they're celebrating him like he's some sort of genius you know oh my word can you believe he's done it you know and he sort of holds his arms up into the sky and he's like don't zoom just yet okay now zoom you know and it's sort of like is it sort of rancid well it's just that ultimate hubris isn't it it's somebody that because to me the, the the real truth of the matter is that Christoph is just as much a, a slave to Truman as the other way yeah. that they, they they coexist. His his anxiety of Truman walking out and leaving of his own accord is simply because Christoph is not in control of it. He's he's not he's not fussed about losing the Truman Show he's shown that if Truman wants to leave the Truman Show if the Truman Show is going to come to an end it will be Christoph who ends it and he will do that by killing Truman but the fact that Truman walks out and just leaves him leaves him feeling lost it suddenly makes him realise how powerless he is that he has created this world for to completely control another individual because he feels ultimately a lack of control in his own life because he realizes that really like i say we are all laura linney in the outside world that's what we are i mean there is a few of us who are trumans i'm sure we've all met a few trumans as well who (laughs) happily go about their days and you know don't dive into this type of stuff too much but i think probably everybody does on a certain level right we all have a we all have a feeling of 
is there more to this? Is this all that our yeah. life is? Where do we go after this? You know, there's these questions that we've been asking since probably our, whatever, our frontal lobes developed and we became capable of introspection and we became capable of theorizing and things like that just before we move on i wanted one thing that you said that really stuck with me was that this idea of like human endeavor and the and the human spirit and i wondered whether when so after you'd watched the film did you come away thinking that the that the film got at the theme of escape or that the film was making a point about the comfort of cyclical living. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, I do. The the sort of 2.5 children, you yeah. have your barbecue on the weekend with the neighbours, yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. I, I don't think there's one... I, I don't think there's one clear message that I would take from this. I think it, it really is encapsulating a lot of different themes... I think it is showing you that change is possible if you are somebody watching watching the the Truman show and you're thinking you know I want to do something different with my life I don't feel particularly happy I feel like Truman um I can do something different I can escape this kind of cyclical because I th- I think the 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 cyclical living thing it's it's a, it, it's a sort of satire as well it's a sort of satire mm. on the the American dream. Um, we've seen that all throughout cinema. You, know, you see it in Tim Burton loves to kind of harpoon that Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, of course. There were so Beetle many similarities juice. with that, wasn't it, there? You know, all those sort of movies where they like to harpoon that type of thing. So it, 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 it's, it's, it's common throughout. But yeah, I think overall it really is a... It's just a film that's asking us to, to look more at the things that are in front of us and accept them or not, or maybe just, just question our own decisions more, how much they're a decision that we actually want to make or something that we feel that we should make, or just like I sort of said earlier on, are we just on rails? Do we exist on these rails? Um, which is, I don't know. We'll probably do. I think we joked about doing Donnie Darko at some point, but that's one of the big questions that's raised within that film as well. Um, so yeah, sorry I can't give you a cleaner answer for that, mate. No, I, but I think I, there's I, just a lot at play in the Truman Show, which is, again, which is why it's so interesting to cast a, a character, uh, an actor like Jim Carrey, to be in this movie because, as we said of Doubtfire previously, I vaguely remember this movie being billed as a, here's Jim Carrey doing some funny faces and stuff and trying to push the trailers more towards it being a sort of comedy, I guess. And maybe it gives people that double whammy of when they go into the movie expecting that, and then they're suddenly like, whoa, okay, this isn't what I was here for, but let's go with it. Yeah, and you get get enough of those nods. You get enough of those nods, don't you? You get enough of those beats. You know, the thing when he's in the car, and he's like, bike, flowers... That's yeah. the beetle. Like it gives you like enough of those little bit. And, and when bit, he's like, running through the crowds, when they're trying to stop him from getting his dad back, you know, you've got the physical elements there of Jim Carrey. And when he's too scared to get on the boat and 
we we've got all that. We've got the hallmarks there. We've got we've as we would call it in in our sort of line of work, Ben. We've got the hook, right? We've got yeah. it there, yeah, yeah. but. It, it it goes deeper than that and i it, you know i guess the whole experience is it's all cyclical it's all cyclical. it's all contained yeah. within the film and it's yeah i, I don't know but the I difference think is you do you get that payoff though what's nice with this film is you get the payoff you know you get when there was a moment when um uh, marlon god i forget his name is it marlon is his mate i keep getting this wrong yeah think marlon wrong, yeah. yeah he's he, he looks at the camera and he says, what do you want me to do? You know, like, what? Well, he's gone. And and after that point, it's like, oh, we've reached the point of no return now. And then it's just, then it's lovely because you're like, okay, now we're in the end game. We're in the final act of this film. And it's like, this is going to, this is basically, either he's going to die or he's going to escape. But it's the end. You know, we've reached that tipping point where suddenly he's turned up, he's brought the sun out at 2 a.m. or whatever it is. And it's like the the the, the kind of the, the, the creative genius has lost it. He's lost the plot and he's now lost control. And that was kind of that was a really lovely payoff. And then you get that that gorgeous final sequence as well. Um, I, I mean, we, we spoke a bit about uh, Ed, Ed Harris's character, but who was your MVP, mate? Uh, Jim Carrey. I think he's straight just, up. I think he's. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's absolutely fantastic in the film. Laura Linney is is brilliant as well. That's uh, she gets the assist for me because yeah. how she manages to juggle being the <laughs> the the perfect American dream wife and also somebody who is probably acutely aware of the fact that she is fully seeing on stage this person that she is still make no mistake devoting her life to. She knows that he's not in love with her either. You know, imagine that. Imagine that you are put forward as the love interest, as being the belle of the ball, and his eyes are across the other side of the room, so much so they have to have those producers, like in the prom scenes, take the... Um, Eleanor, is it? I can't remember what her name is. I keep forgetting it, but they, they escort her out. So it's... Yeah, it's, it's she's, she's brilliant in that, but I just think Jim Carrey, his... The temptation for him, I guess, to to really ham up more of his silly faces and, you know, because mm. we, we'd known him at that point for like, all righty then, and all that, oh, somebody stop me. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it, 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 I think it, it, it was real eye-opening to see him in a film like this. And it, it almost definitely paved the way for him to be subsequently in films like you know eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and yeah and such yeah i saw a really good a really good interview with him it's one of the things that i when we were watching sort of going through this this week i watched it quite early in the week and then i went on the hunt for as much stuff as i could around this film and it doesn't exist like the, the sort of things like pulp fiction or silence of the lambs or casino royale for example obviously casino royale is a little bit more recent but there were so many discussions on yeah. this for, for the Truman Show there's not actually that much there in terms of the people that were in the film giving you much about the film like I could no. only find a few interviews but one of the interviews that I did find which was really telling was that um, Jim Carrey says in an interview almost like I bumped into Robin Williams and I'm so glad that he won the Oscar for Goodwill Hunting because it meant that for people like me 
there is a corridor. There's an opportunity to go from I'm not just doing silly stuff. And he's like, I needed to do Ace Ventura. And I, I'm so glad that I did Ace Ventura. And the reason that I got this role is because I did Ace Ventura, because they saw that I would commit to something. So they knew that when I did this, that I would commit and go all in, whatever it was. Um, so, yeah, the performance is just, I mean, it's incredible. But like you said, he just gives so many, it, it is very three-dimensional. There's there's so much in there. Kind of like these little these little bits that he does where he's, where he's suddenly just lost in thought, you know, where he sort of switches from having just looked down the mirror and has got the the astronaut thing around him or he's an explorer and he's saying like you'll have to eat my love handles if you want to survive <laughs> which is just amazing <laughs> he's just so funny and then suddenly he's just he just kind of like you know where he gives his line you never had a camera in my head you know it's like so like yeah just so much punch to it but you're right i did want to give the the assist to laura linney because i think honestly this is not a scorching hot take, but I think she's the most evil character in the whole film. <laughs> no, I think she is. <laughs> I really do got you, I, I, my bonnet yeah. about. Uh, like, I, 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 I think she's a victim as well. I, I would still put her down as a victim of, she of all is, of this. Yeah. yeah, she is, definitely. But I think her role in Truman's life is... Her and the best friend is, is, is awful. Like, it's so... Like, the level of disin but being that disingenuous, but like also to kind of like take it on when you think about what's required of commitment to someone in a marriage and stuff. It's like, and the the fact that she's getting married to him with her fingers crossed is like horrendous. I mean, there's well, another one of those magnificent tidbits that you get. You know, you're like, what? The the thing that I find quite interesting, and this is something I I I, I wanted to touch, but I couldn't get around to it naturally earlier. But I guess I can I can. Hack me in here now. <laughs> so you've got the you've. Oh, I'm gonna look up her name now. What is her name? It is. She plays. Okay, Lauren. Right. So Natasha McElone. I don't know how to pronounce her name. I apologize. <laughs> but Lauren. So she when he first sees her in the college library, she's got that badge on that says, "How is it yeah. going to end?" And yeah. one of the sort of marks of a of a really great film. Of a really, and I think you know, I I'll skip ahead, mate. This to me is a five out of five. I think it is, I guess, a masterpiece of cinema. I really, I really, really do. I think the Truman Show is uh, an unbelievable film. It's so brilliant in its scope and its commentary, as we've sort of demonstrated today. And one of the signs of a really great film for me is, like you said, there, it, you you walk out afterwards and it, your brain is whirring and you're thinking like, fuck how do these things apply to me but also what what happens to truman after that after he leaves right we we, oh, we have it we have it written as he's won he's won the day this is great but my mind immediately goes to when he's in the real world when they've had their first kiss and he's free and then suddenly he's sat there and the the press and everything dies down after whatever a few weeks a few months a few years how does somebody whose entire life has been a sham go forwards? What do you do when you think that he's in his 30s, I think, when he escapes? Or he's just turned 30 or something like that. I think Truman's supposed to have just turned 30. 
when your supposedly dead father has come back to life when when you essentially find out that you were the first human being to be adopted by a corporation that nothing that you knew was real that your best friend was an actor being when he's telling you that he's he would jump in front of traffic for you there were lines being fed to him through an earpiece like what does what does that individual look like in the real world does he really and this is a slightly scary prophetic part of it will ed harris's words will christoph's words be ringing through his head will he be somehow wanting to escape back into his truman show world will he not yeah. want to face that reality because the actual reality of the fact that his entire life was a sham i don't know who knows well, but i think I, the I, fact I, that you you can ask all these questions is the mark of just a wonderful wonderful film you know yeah i mean this is one of the things that i like it's so good that you said it because i wrote it down earlier on and i forgot to forgot to bring it up but it, it's just that what happens when the camera goes off and we get that line in the end of the film for other people they're going to change your channel what else is on now but for people that have even in in the real world for people that have been a part of reality tv shows you know all the reality tv shows that we have for people watching on ah look at that ha 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 for the people that are on it when the cameras go off and the lights turn out like who's left you know what is left and uh, and who are those people when they don't have that thing and it is it's you you like you said you see him go out the door and he walks into darkness you know mm. and we're just left as an audience trying to work out what it is and that is i mean it's magnificent absolutely magnificent um so yeah i'm i'm, I'm the same as you um jim carrey with the with the mvp and then and then um laura laney with the assist and then i'm assuming that you what you think this one has aged like a fine wine oh completely mate look we've we've spoken all about its relevance today and its messaging and it's it's a it's a fine fine wine um to to the point where if someone made it now you would think they were making a slapstick comedy about 2023 i think yeah, they they could well be, but I I don't. There's nothing about this that I guess one. If you were being particular, you would have to ask how would he how would they navigate the internet, or maybe the internet wouldn't even exist within yeah. his world. They have complete control over that. So, and I mean, we've seen plenty of you know examples of people trying to remake this film in a, in a way, or I guess tell a similar type of story. We've seen. Things like the village. We had Jake Gyllenhaal in yes, Bubble Boy yeah. previously. You know, there's, there's, there's. Um, Don't worry, darling. That was just that huge film, Harry Styles, that just came out last year. You know, with all the beef on set and stuff. So it, it's it's definitely a theme and an idea that continues to, in like enthrall us, and probably becomes even more relevant the more and more, like you say, we feel trapped and tethered to our screens do you think that this would have worked like if we if we, if this film never got made do you think it would have worked as a series i know that's that's such an appalling thing to ask of such a wonderful film but do you think it would have worked as a series it's funny you say it because i was just thinking i'm surprised they haven't tried to readapt this into a series i, I found myself thinking that will. exact thing do you, but do you know i tell you what made me think that 
is purely because it's a Paramount film and I saw the Paramount intro, you know, the mountain and the uh, stars. And okay. it suddenly just made me think Paramount Plus because i i had to i oh, i had to i had to buy this film to watch it i rented it on google because i don't have paramount oh. plus um and <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it just made me think about their ip and it made me wonder of whether or not they would turn it into a series um i do think it would work yeah we've seen i think westworld is a fairly similar concept as well mm, mm, yeah you know i i think it's 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 definitely something that people would You'd have to. You, I think you, what you would have to find is is a twist. You'd have to find some way to change this, and maybe like they've done with the, um, the, Handmaid's Tale, where they've expanded past the source material. Yeah. Maybe that's where Truman Show goes. Maybe it opens up the door to what happens to him afterwards, and what happens to Kristoff, and who knows, you know. But it could. I'd be it could interested do in to see it. I'd be interested to see if if I would definitely one hundred percent give it a go because I'm just yeah like I said at the top I'm so in, fascinated by this kind of film and I know within this podcast we've gone probably deeper than we've gone in any of the other pods that we've done but I think that is the nature of this film it's just those questions like they're the questions that run through the heart of this film are the questions that we all end up asking ourselves on a cold rainy Tuesday when we're sat kind of just at our desk doing our job you know you might suddenly just have that thought like what if you know it's it, mm. I, and for me that's why it's such a special film and i'm the same as you for me it's a it's a five stars it's just it's it's so so good but what five are, popcorns I, I mean, out of five yeah five popcorns i'm interested to know <laughs> what the others like whether whether it carries the same weight as the other one i can't believe it didn't win anything oscars wise like nothing did it not I don't think so. I, and, I mean, it, uh, Jim Carrey wasn't even nominated for this. No, no. That, I mean, that's shocking. But uh, let's have a look. Uh, IMDb, 8.2 on IMDb. Not okay. bad, but still. Like you say, Lickip, isn't it? IMDb. Yeah. Good. Don't like to give out their, their big reviews. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's, a, I mean, that's maybe the highest yeah. score we've had so far. Yeah. Um, what was what was Science of Lambs? I think that was about ninety four. So there was one that was ninety four, and I can't remember what it was. It was either Pulp Fiction or Science of the Lambs. I think it was Silence. Um, and then Metacritic, we've got ninety percent, and the Metacritic must see badge oh, awarded that to was, I, the Truman Show. That was that really hurt me last week when Casino Royale didn't have it. I know, didn't get the badge. I was like, get in what? the bin. Who do you think you are? Know, how um, dare you? A big question though. When you watch this back. I, how did you feel about sort of where you watched it, as it were? And one of these days, but you, we're going to have to go to the cinema if there's an, a, a kind of rerun of something. We're going to have to go to the cinema and watch one of these films. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. That'd be wicked. Um, so, what was what was the question though? In terms of like where you watched it, did you watch it? Did you go TV? Did you yeah, whack yeah, it on the, on the yeah, big yeah. screen? Yeah, yeah it kind of does feel TV. right for this, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's, it's fine. It's not one that you 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 absolutely need the the cinema for but i think in a in a you could you could even watch this on a phone i think you know i think it's one you could watch on the go this is the type of film that i if it was on netflix i would download for a plane do you know what i mean yes, or a long oh, train journey just about to say i would be like yeah absolutely because when i'm on those journeys i want fam- i want familiarity and i want something that's at least gonna keep my brain going though as well and yeah. i think a film like this because as soon as you suggested it last week i was like 
bang, I'm up for this because I know I'm going to go down some some smiley yeah. ways on this one, right? Yeah, and also you you if if you like us regularly have to do the train from London Euston to Manchester Piccadilly. This is like the perfect length film for yeah, that train yeah. journey. Just put your bags down, get yourself set, and then get playing. And by the time that you've finished, you're kind of like just coming round to the last stop. Absolute perfection. Um, mate, lead us into into next week. What are we watching? Well, um, it's it's. I, I I've made between last week and this week because I've had so many films that have been bobbling around in my head where I've been like, that would be good. This would be good. Oh, that would be great. Oh, I'd forgotten about that one. So I've actually made like a master list now. I've made a huge <laughs> list of films. And the, the problem with that is, right, it, it makes me too excited in many ways. I'm like, Ben, if you if you ever think you're getting out of this podcast before, say, at least it's 100. 355. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, I was going to say at least 100, but let's go with 350 because there are so many I want to do. And I did have one that I was I was really really pushing towards, but I'm I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go back on it a bit because I think it might be slightly too similar in some respects to this week's. So, in short, before I tell you what the film is, I I'm just going to ask the entertain like the 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 listeners of Bring Your Own Podcast, Bring Your Own Podcast, Bring Your Own Blockbuster. <laughs> Are they not entertained? Have oh. we not put on enough of a show for them yet? As we are now, what, six, seven, ep- six episodes deep. Are you not entertained? Because next Get week's it. episode is Gladiator. That's what we're going oh, with, mate. mate. Let's do it. Into Let's do it. Let's do it. Top notch. I really wow. butchered my intro there, but still, you know, whatever. <laughs> Too excited. We'll Too it. excited. We'll it. That's I'm... it. Honestly, I'm thinking about the, mate, I'm thinking about the 200 other films I want to do as well. But mate, that is that is just fantastic. Like the, the the bar just remains so high here. And can I just? This is another thing. Like my my um, missus usually I'll I'll sit and I'll watch these with her, and it's a great excuse for us to whack a film on and sit and have a, a couple of hours in front of the TV on a on a kind of random night of the week. She refused to watch Truman's show because, in her words, she just was like, this is just too much for my brain this week. It's just a bit too trippy. Gladiator is her favourite film. So oh, really? we will be sat down and absolutely soaking it up. I'll make sure that she gets a couple of points across so that she can get involved as well. That is what... I mean, that is outstanding. There's so much in that straight away that you're like... I mean, it's early Joaquin Phoenix, isn't it? In, and oh, oh, excellent. I love it. I haven't seen it for a long time. But what, here's some immediate homework for anybody that's watching this. Before you watch Gladiator, just slap Hans Zimmer's score on. Do your work. Whatever your day job is, just get Hans Zimmer's score on, yeah, on your ear pods or wherever you listen to music and just lose yourself to it. It's I'm excited, mate. I'm looking I forward to it. it. What a shout. What an absolute screamer of a shout. Um but yeah, and, and we should we should remind people once again, please do get in touch with us. It's really nice, isn't it, reading the comments yeah. back. Big time, big time. It makes us feel all warm and fluffy. Um <laughs> But also, you know, don't don't just polish our egos. Say actually you are completely wrong on that, you pair of idiots. Here's why. And we'll, and we'll read it out. As long we as it's not absolutely. too abusive. 
We need, we will like. Do you know what? For next week, I'm going to grab a couple of the comments that you guys have sent through because we've got we had so many interesting comments around Pulp Fiction. We had a few really cool ones around Whiplash that we that we possibly need to get into as well, which which were really really great. Um. So yeah, at BYOB Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, um, and anywhere else that people YouTube. need to find us. YouTube. Oh, well remembered. Um, and yeah, so make sure you come along for the ride. Subscribe if you haven't already subscribed. Drop us a review and a rating on, on the podcast. Please app. do. It really helps. Really, really helps. Please. Get us to the top. We were not, we, when we last checked, we were 91 in the film category. In, in the UK, 91, uh, 91st biggest film podcast. So let's slide that up. We're first of the it. 90s, mate. There you go. There you go. Well, that, not good enough for me. <laughs> but <laughs> sort of works, doesn't it? We'll take it. I, maths I, isn't I my strong suit, it. mate. Sitting here talking about <laughs> films, that's what I'm better at than maths. I, I couldn't believe it, mate, when I saw it. I w- went on and I, cause I was looking this morning. I was like, I wonder how many downloads you have to be to make it in. And I and I just was so pleasantly surprised when I saw our name on there. So thank you so much, people who've listened so far. And make sure you do your homework for next week. What a film.